I'm always very blessed when you ask me back to come and minister. <laughs> um, because it, it, it's not an easy thing for me to do. But I was very blessed that I was given this piece of scripture to talk about. And just before I go into breaking down some of the, uh, the verse in the Bible there, I'd like to share a little bit with you. Um, and all I have is all I am. And just before, just after the pandemic, me and Karen were struggling uh, to financially make ends meet. We had our nice house in, uh, that we'd dreamed about, a bigger house with a nice garden and all those things. But it had brought so much stress and it had brought so much worry. And we found ourselves arguing over silly little things. And it was getting me down. And I prayed and I said, Lord, you know, what are we to do? And the Lord placed on my heart, sell it. Sell it. Trust me. And I thought, gracious me, bricks and mortar, you know. Always been told, you know, put your money in bricks and mortar and you'll be all right. Make foundations. But as a Christian and somebody in recovery, I'm told to make my foundations in spiritual life and to trust that everything will be given that I need. So after some debate and Karen really being very unsure, but me knowing that God had placed this on my heart, we sold. We sold just while prices were still high, actually, and we made a little bit of equity. We paid off all the debts that we'd incurred in having this lovely house. And we bought a motorhome. And we live in that motorhome now. And it was like going from a four-bed house with a nice garden down to a motorhome. And Karen was saying, God, we're going to be on top of each other and we... We argue now, how are we going to get along? And I said, I don't know, but I just know that we're going to be blessed because we're going to, you know, I found this, this farm that lets us go and use the fields and it's a lot cheaper and we're going to be, I just know, Karen, in my heart we're going to be okay. And now we'd actually got a little bit of money in the bank. And do you know what? It was difficult to make that decision, but we trusted the Lord's word and we sold everything we had. And what was left fitted into half a container. Because I couldn't push Karen any further. I just wanted to get... <laughs> as there could be a divorce coming up. I just wanted to get rid of anything, everything. I felt like it was weighing me down, you know. And I remembered that weight when I was... Um, caught in alcoholism and drug addiction, the weight, the heavy weight of being wrapped in chains and feeling restricted. And I just wanted to throw them off. And we've been blessed ever since. It's not been easy. The cost of living crisis has come on and I think, okay, God, you're pretty awesome, aren't you? You knew this was all coming. You knew things were going to get worse yet you've provided what we've needed and we're blessed because we're sleeping next to horses and skylarks and cows that moo in four o'clock at night. <laughs> but what a blessing. 
What a blessing, because we're not looking at big houses and status like the dramatic scene spoke about. Because with that came stress and worries to keep it all going. And then if we kept it all going, we had people fighting out in the street and we were worried about people breaking in. And I didn't want any of that. If you've got nothing, nobody can take it away from you. Nobody, well, they may look at our motorhome, but nobody has ever touched our motorhome. And we're in the middle of a field. And the freedom that it gives us to be able to just pack up the uh, motorhome, put some diesel in, and off we go. And we get into a different area. And I know from our friends uh, on the River Trust there, the uh, chaplains there, they've done a similar thing. And they're freed up to meet the people up and down the canal. And we're freed up to be able to have a little bit of money so we can nip off to the hospital and see Irene. No trouble. I can go and see my sister who's selling everything up and moving up to Scotland next week, God willing. And although it frightens me and I feel like the bonds are being, you know, we've only just got together, I trust God that that is God's will for them. They're both Christian, they've prayed into it, and they're selling up and they're going to something they're not quite sure of. But I know God is doing a new work in his church, particularly at the moment. And there's so many things going on in the world. And you see people squabbling over power and money and prestige and our government's the best government and do 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 If only they had faith and could see the emptiness of stuff and see the beauty of the kingdom and what's in front of them and what's more important. The chapter says, do not worry, because when you're tied up in worrying, how can you carry God's message? How can you be a channel that he can work through and he can reach? You're all bound up in stress, And Jesus has gathered his disciples and he's saying to them again, because he said to them previously, you know, and shared the stories about the Samaritan and the 72, don't worry about what you're going to take, trust that my Father in heaven knows what you need and you'll have it. And the people, the right people will open up the door and they'll feed you and you'll eat what's put in front of you and you will be grateful. Might not be a Ritz meal, might be a sandwich down by the canal but it'll be what you need. And he's saying to them, you know, do not waste time concerning yourself with these things, but trust as Jesus does that his Father knows these things and will provide them if they would have faith and trust in God. How much faith and trust do you really put into God? How would you feel if you had to sell everything? And give it away. So you could be freed up for the kingdom to carry God's will. Or are we caught up trying to run the show? Back in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells us to pray. 
He gives us our daily bread. In fact, let's say the Lord's Prayer together to remind ourselves of what he taught us to do. If you'd pray with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Give us our daily bread. If we pray that prayer every day, surely to God that covers everything. These prayers should be prayed in private, it says. Your Father has seen these things done in secret and rewards you, it says. God knows what we need. Moving on in the chapter, it goes on to speak, how about the ravens? They don't sow and reap, but they're looked after. They don't have great big barns of seeds and, oh, we've got lots, so let's make more so we can load loads of money. How often do you see such things like these go to rot or catch on fire because they've put all their energy into the wrong things instead of sharing with their brothers and sisters? Do not sow or reap, but they are um, but they are looked after. God looks after them. And now, just a little bit of interest in lightheartedness. By the way, does anybody know how many different types of birds are mentioned in the Bible? It's having a brother-in-law who loves quizzes and statistics. And I said to Anthony, "Oh, here's one for your quiz. How many different birds are mentioned in the Bible? Well, I found 18. Quickly go through them. I found, no, actually, I found 27. I found some more. Raven, eagle, sparrow, dove, bearded vulture, black vulture, kite, falcon, ostrich, nork, night hawk, seagull, hawk, owl, cormorant, short-eared owl, turtle dove, stork, swallow, crane, hoopie. I had to look that one up. I thought, hoopie? What the heck's a hoopie? But apparently it's a brightly coloured bird from South Africa. See how educated I'm getting? Just by being a Christian. Hen, partridge, pigeon, quail, rooster, screech owl, swan. God loves his, his nature. God loves the birds of the air because they're simple. They're beautiful. So tiny. Listening this morning when I walked the dog, a skylark went up. And it's so small, and it's the only bird that sings on the wing. But that song was better than any, any song I've heard on the radio. You ask somebody, some amazing artist, reproduce the song of the skylark. Could they? Could they? Because only God can do that stuff. (laughs) What a mighty God we serve. Jesus is using tangible things here, I believe, or for me, because I'm a simple soul, and I love things like, show me a bird, I can, I can get that. Show me something difficult, like an equation or whatever, and it's like, duh, it's gone straight over. But he's using tangible things that the disciples can share amongst his people. And I believe, okay, the Bible was written way back then, but it's just as relevant today as it was then. 
You can, you can upgrade it, you know? Like I upgrade it, and I come out with some random stuff, but it's all based in the scripture that I've read, and I've just put it into George speak. Look at all the birds. Look at all the seeds. Okay? Um, can, uh, and Jesus used tangible things. They can use every day. People that preach can relate to. Showing that God does care and understand our needs. I was in the margins when I heard God's calling again. I was so downtrodden and felt like I didn't belong in the church. I wasn't worthy. I wasn't good enough. I swore. I drank. I took drugs. I was a mess. I was gay. And Suzanne said, who the hell... And I said, oh, you swore you were a minister. You're not allowed to swear. Who the hell has the right to judge you? And I said, well, the Jesus told me, told me that I was full of sin and I need demonic and I needed crown. She said, God help them. She said, you will always be welcome in this church. You're a child of God. And that won my heart and I came back to church and that's where my journey began. And I found the love of God. The love of God. I had been looking so long to be loved and accepted for who I was and not judged. And I am so passionate about this church, this family, and the fact that we are a family and there is no hierarchy. That each one of us has the gift to bring the love of God to another from whatever creed, walk, background. We can speak to them, just say, hey, yeah. Like when I've done, hi, God, it's me again. How you doing, mate? And people looked and thought, oh, my God doesn't matter. It's about putting yourself out there and doing it like I did in the ward. I wasn't shy. I didn't put the curtains around. I just thought, this is me. <laughs> Hi, Irene. And I was telling her about, you know, oh, I forget. I said, doesn't matter. Keep it in the day. Just for today, you can't remember and it's okay, but you remember God loves you, don't you? And she said, yes, I do. And I trust you know, and I was just speaking like that, and that touched the people in that ward. They knew that God loved, doesn't matter what background you come from, how good you were, how bad you were, whatever, you are loved and accepted in his family if you asked, you know, if you give yourself to Jesus. Sorry, I waffle on, but this is why I've been like a bottle of pop all morning, because I think, <laughs> wow, <laughs> this is so good, this is amazing. This is such amazing love, amazing grace. What mercies are bestowed upon us that we can go and share likewise. Do likewise. Whew. The beauty of God. Jesus then moves on to explain about the beauty that God bestowed upon the flowers. I always think of Joyce when I think about flowers and what an amazing gardener she was and how I also visited her to her in hospital and was blessed by and she was blessed too. And now I try and you know, try and keep the flowers going around the edge of the church because she she's loved. She's still with us. She still does her stuff. We're gonna sing again now while I recompose and we're gonna sing the light of the world which is hymn number 1086 in Mission Praise. Those who are able to stand, please do so.
Please be seated. I love the hymns because I love to worship and I'm not always very good at stringing words together, as Sharon will know when she helped me to do my, uh, my uh, what's it called, for accreditation. And I was just going, you know, and she put it into some sort of compatible English. And the hymn, that hymn, I love that hymn. It just sums it up so beautifully, so beautifully. Right. Verse 27 speaks of the beauty of the flowers and the grass. I won't go into how many different grasses there are, I'm running short of time. Um, but when I think of a violet, <laughs> we mustn't take ourselves too seriously because I don't think Jesus took himself too seriously, which made, himself, made him approachable. He wasn't like the rabbis in the temples. He was just a man. I say, just a man, what a man. The violets and pansies and how perfectly they are made and coloured. Not even the best fashion designer could duplicate them or an artist truly capture the beauty of these things. The scripture says how much more will God clothe us. This blows me away. I've never felt worthy of such love but it reinforces to me here again what love God has for those who believe in him. No wonder Jesus says, you of little faith. For this is not the first time Jesus has expressed how much God loves the disciples and the people who give their life to Jesus. He sent his only son. What love. Thank God he's patient with us. And he understands that we are sinful and we are doubters and we sometimes doubt our worth in God. But he does not. He knows what we are worth. Seek ye first of the kingdom of the God. Seek ye first the... Whatever. Seek ye first... Where's my glasses? There we go. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all will be given unto you. Got there. Yay! All will be given unto you. Do not be afraid. Little flock, for, for your father has been pleased. Pleased. He loves giving us these gifts. He loves giving us this grace. He loves giving us the scripture. He loves us. He wants us to love others, to show God's love. Before you can show love, you have to feel love. And then you light up like a candle. And everybody can see that you are loved. And I pray today, as we move forward as a church, and we're not sure who the minister is going to be, but it must be the right minister to lead this church on, because we're on fire. We're on fire, and God wants to bless us. The, uh, what does it say in the, in the uh, scripture that was uh, spoke about by Brian? You know, um, we're ripe. We're ripe. People are ripe to hear this if we know how to approach them. 
May God grant us understanding of how to do this and give us the courage to just trust in God and all things will become clear. Don't always understand. That's the leap of faith that as Christians sometimes we have to take and we are blessed so much more so. I am blessed, so blessed. May God grant us understanding of not worrying and not being afraid and making purses that will last our whole life and eternal life in the kingdom. Amen. And now Pam, I believe, is going to go and come and do prayers of intercession for us. I'm Leslie this morning. She's not very well, but these are the prayers that she prepared. When I say, Lord, in your mercy, please respond with, let your light shine. Lord, in your mercy, let your light shine. With gratitude for the gift of Jesus, let us draw near to our Heavenly Father with prayer, asking his mercy for the world, the church, and all who need his loving kindness. God of creation, you hold this broken world in your hands, a world stricken by war, terror, pain and suffering. We think of the ongoing and deepening conflict in the Middle East and in Ukraine. We share the pain and anguish of those who have had to flee their homes, their countries and their livelihoods. May they see your light. Feel your strength and power and know the truth of your promise that they will not be overcome by the dark shadows of life or the darkness of human nature. Lord, in your mercy, let your light shine. We pray for the worldwide Christian church in all its diversity bringing the elements of different cultures into their worship and into the service of our Lord Jesus Christ. In our own church, we pray for our steering group and all those who give their time and talents generously to build God's kingdom in this place. We pray for every member of this congregation and ask that you bless us all this coming week. Lord, in your mercy, let your light shine. We bring before you, Heavenly Father, all those we know who need God's healing touch today, all who are anxious, weighed down by worries and problems over which they feel they have no control. For those whom we know personally who are sick or in hospital at this time, grant them peace amidst the pain and suffering and enable them to draw strength from the knowledge that their Heavenly Father holds them in his loving arms. Lord, in your mercy, let your light shine. Merciful Father, we pray for those who have recently died, especially those who have died suddenly and unexpectedly. We remember how they encouraged us by their love and life, and now know the fullness of your presence for eternity. 
Lord, in your mercy, let your light shine. Heavenly Father, you tell us not to be afraid of what the future holds, not to worry about tomorrow or what to wear. Lord, we make our prayers in faith, for we know your spirit is at work in our lives and you make all things possible. As Luke tells us, do not be afraid, little flock, for it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Amen. Amen. And our final hymn now, if you'd like to stand, is When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. God grant us understanding and sow that to our hearts. In Jesus' name. And we close now with the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen.